This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So let's turn our attention to an unfolding story at the moment, and it's been in the zeitgeist for quite a while. We're talking about minimum wage. Minister of Edu- Ever Employment, rather, Employment and Labour Minister, Tulas Nlesi, announced the new minimum wage in the Government Gazette last week. The minister determines the minimum wage in terms of the National Minimum Wage Act. The minimum wage increased by 9.7% in 2023. The national minimum wage increased on 1st March to 27 rand and 58 cents per hour. So that's an increase of 8.5% on the current minimum wage per hour that employers will pay until the end of next month for general workers. Let's get uh, the feedback from SAFTU spokesperson Trevor Shaku, who joins us right now. And as always, the lines are open for your commentary as well on 0861987000. Trevor, thank you very much for joining us. Welcome to Power Lunch. Good afternoon, and thanks for having us. So the new national minimum wage, effective from the 1st of March, 27.58 rand per hour. Is this a step in the right direction? Look, we welcome the minimum wage increase, Mm. especially because it would mean that there is some 400 rand and a couple of other cents increased on the minimum wage, which was paid to workers between the 1st of March 2023 and the 28th of February 2024. And this for us, of course, is welcome on the basis that it would mean the workers can afford a little more than they could previously. Mm. However, we have a standing criticism against the national minimum wage on the basis that it is not a living wage. And therefore, as things stand, it cannot even help the workers and their households to afford the basic necessities first that would enable their households to live properly, but secondly, that will enable the very workers to reproduce themselves as the renderers of labor power on a daily basis. So let's talk about a living wage. What other factors need to be looked into uh, apart from this increase of the minimum wage? Because in as much as that can go up, you're absolutely correct. The price of food, taxes, petrol, all of that affect where these wages will go and the value of these wages. So how do we move more towards a living wage, Trevor? So we are saying that firstly, we've got to look at the basic necessities that reproduce a worker because it is in the first place our view that in order to determine wages, which we call the price of labor power, in order to determine the price of labor power, we've got to look at what reproduces that particular labor power. And here when we're looking at labor power, we're not only looking at the physical energy, but of course we're looking at even the mental and personal well-being. And this, in our view, includes therefore the basic necessities that goes into ensuring that there is a proper living and a decent life for the household of those particular workers. Now, how do we move in that particular direction? We think that as a baseline, we have to calculate the, we've got to calculate the basic necessity cost and move from there on to ensure that 
we go for a because what determines wages at the current moment is that the wages, especially the wage increases, are determined from the surplus value that is created by the employer after they have sold out the values which would have been produced by the same worker. Now, if we look at the economy and the trajectory of the share of profit from that particular supply and the share of workers' wages from that particular supply, from 1990, we see the gap widening where profits are shooting up and the wages as a share of surplus value are dropping. And this, in our view, is because the employers are pocketing a lot of that particular surplus without having to share it with their workers. And therefore, upon calculating the basic necessities that goes into reproducing the labor power and the labor, the laborer himself or herself, we've got to then ensure that we go and tell this particular employer that you are taking a huge share of the surplus value that is produced. And therefore, we think as a matter of legal framework, legal standards, we've got to place the standardization of this particular minimum wage at this particular level. In our view, and since 2018, we've been demanding 72 runs per hour. And our view is because 72 runs per hour translates into 12,000 uh, 12, runs, which was demanded by the mine workers in Marigana in 2012. But on its own, of course, it's just an introductory type of a wage, but would have to be reconsidered and reviewed on a yearly basis, given the inflationary pressures and inflationary increases to the price of consumer goods. Mm, mm. You've also heard from business, right, that uh, this kind of minimum wage um, law affects job creation, where, where people aren't able to employ people, yes, for less, um, but, you know, still having some sort of in, in income. So I wonder what uh, Saftu's view is on that. Indeed, we've I've seen a number of uh, pro-capitalist organizations, uh, particularly the Free Market Foundation. It even went on to develop a certificate called Job Seekers uh, Exemption uh, Certificate. Right. And that certificate is meant to pursue and push further the liberalization of the labor market. In that the, the expectation is that there should not be any regulation and there should not be any flaw that is set by the Department of Labor and Employment through the wage, National Minimum Wage Commission, because according to them, that violates the laws of demand and supply. Now, if we were to allow such a particular uh, explanation and the plan to be implemented, where we liberalize the labor market without any regulation, without setting the floor, we are going to be actually diminish, uh, 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 leading to the diminution of wages of workers. Because as workers compete, and we can see already uh, uh, in this country that unemployment is high. Now, as workers compete for the small spaces or the lesser spaces in employment opportunities, this would mean that it would constantly drive down the value of wages because that would have only to be measured on the basis of the law of supply and demand in the labor market. And that is problematic because it does not look at the basic necessities that are taken into the production of the labor power. Now, a worker must just take whatever because the laws of demand and supply in the labor market are dictating so. And with high unemployment, you are going to definitely result or rather 
end up with the situation whereby the laws, uh, the wages uh, generally are, are low. Uh, and secondly, those particular workers who are earning there are only accepting what they could receive. And if you listen carefully to one of the criticisms of workers who are against undocumented migrants and all of that, of course, we, we, we are not supporting that xenophobic uh, sentiment, but the, 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 the substance of their criticism lies here. It lies in the fact that these undocumented migrants accept the wages which are offered by their employers because desperately they are looking for employment and just looking for something that could bring an income and for them to be able to survive in the country. And as a result, that makes them to be hired and those who must, uh, the, the, the locals who, of course, uh, the, the, the labor regulations are going to apply to them are not being hired. So in that context, if you look at the substance of that criticism, you can deduct the fact that the plan by the Free Market Foundation and other li- uh, organizations that are pushing for the liberalization, the, the, the ultimate, uh, the, 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 the total and absolute liberalization of the labor market in the country are merely going to lead us in that direction where wages are, uh, are diminished and the buying power of workers is constantly diminished and therefore they are not able to sustain themselves. Whereas we're arguing here about what should be reproducing the value of that particular... What is the value of the labor power? Mm-hmm. The, labor power can, the value of labor power can only be measured by the basic necessities that goes into the production of that labor power, not by the whims of the market of supply and demand. Yeah, let's speak to Johan, um, who's called in on 0861987000. Johan, hi. How are you? Good, and you? I'm all right. I'm very much happy today what you have done. I'm one of the business owners. Uh, I've got 50 employees. Mm. Uh, let me say to the Labor Department, and then uh, uh, greetings to your visitor on the, on, on, on the line. Yeah. Safety spokesperson Trevor Shaku is here on the line with us. Yes. Mm. Uh, let's say they give a person a project, let me say it's a government project. Now you gave a person a project, this is, Janu- this is January. Now you're appointing this person under the budget of this time. Then, you never consulted with the brokers and uh, people on the ground who are who got businesses. We are operating with the last year December budget we've been appointed. Where are we going to get these increases to the people? Because the PNGs are not increased to us as business owners who are owning the projects on the line. What is the government is doing is, is, is creating a fight between uh, the employee and the employer because the consultation was not done. And uh, I'm very much sad and disappointed in the way Labor Department is operating. Why I'm saying this? You can apply things from Labor Department. My sister, I've got 112 emails from, UI, from UIF Department at the Labor. We are so sorry for the inconvenience. We will contact you. We your documents which you uploaded are not in full, there and there and there. I promise you, you will never have anything from Labor Department. I'm talking about, I can witness that, I can email that to you. Labor Department is the one frustrating department I've ever met in the government. All right, I've got to let it go there. Thank you. But I think we have your points. Um, Trevor, perhaps you can speak to that about consultation with those who 
are employers. He says his budgets are already set. His contract workers have already signed on. And so where is it expected that he gets this increase going forward? And then the communication, right? He, he understands, um, you know, to get that communication from Labour is very, very challenging. What's your view? Two things, uh, Bobby. One is that, of course, they should have such particular negotiations. And that, in our view, does not necessarily uh, have any bearing on the fact that minimum wages have got to increase. By the way, in the National Minimum Wage Commission, the labor is represented by three, and themselves are also represented uh, as businesses. So why are they not raising their issues in those particular chambers when the minimum wage determination is being reviewed and is adjusted for the year to come? Because this is, by the way, a thing that is not necessarily determined by the Department of Labor and Employment alone. It is determined by the Department of Labor and Employment with the inclusion in that particular commission of labor components and also of the business component. The problem might arise from the fact that most of the people who are representing business in Netflix are the representatives of big business. And therefore, they are not having proper consultations amongst themselves as business, especially with small business owners. They've got to sort out that themselves. But the second thing could be the fact that the problem of the comprador uh, bourgeois, the people who merely exist on the basis of contracts that are gotten from government, is that they are not able to produce value uh, in the manner in which your these other businesses would do. For instance, we know that uh, whenever we are looking at this particular minimum wage increment, we look at what would have been the total output of a country on that particular year and what would be estimated revenues and all of that. And of course, we understand that out of that particular revenue, there would be a surplus that is created. And from that particular surplus, employers must be able to take a certain portion and allocate it to the payment of wages. Okay, we've got to leave it there, unfortunately, Uh, Trevor. I know it's halfway through your last statement, but no doubt in other shows throughout Power, uh, particularly on the business and economics show a little bit later on this evening, we'll get to some of those questions. And thank you very much uh, for being a part of our broadcast this afternoon. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.